Hey, Three Songs Podcast. We're trying a new trick here. We're starting with our theme song in a minute. We're going to have a brief discussion about the program tonight before we start. Mike, you're in Portland. I am. Bob, you're in Des Moines. Yeah, and like I'm chilling on the back porch. Ghost is out here. Everything's good. And, um, you know, one thing I want to do tonight on the show is, is like, you know, we did a show just a couple of days ago and I thought to myself, like, I need to play like three songs that are kind of all over the map. So I'm going, I'm tonight I'm going all over the map, you know, I'm Good. saying, I love it. Yeah. Just genre wise, yeah. genre wise. Cause like, um, I thought the last show like, um, had some, it had a heavy vibe, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, the first show we've done in a while, a lot of heavy things have happened, that kind of thing. Right. Right. I, I kind of agree and I felt the same mood and I, it felt appropriate, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm lifting up the mood a little bit tonight as well. So here we go then, you know, cause it's like the, you know, it's one of the prettiest weekends. You know, how do you feel about Friday the 13th in general? I think Friday the 13th is fine. Yeah. It's just like another no day. No problem. Right? No problem whatsoever. Yeah, it's interesting that people fear that. Do you think they're like purely like Triskaidekaphobes? I think so. I don't know. And there's, you know, I mean, the media plays it up. There's the movies and whatnot. My daughter was born on Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th is not a bad day for me. Yeah. Well, so. Finn. The, the other Friday the 13th this year, right? No, it was last year. How old is she? What, what, what day was she born? She was born in July last year. Wow. She's getting old. She is. She's yeah, old. yeah. She's already made her first like uh, move across the country. That's right. That's right. She's space age. That space thing. age. Yeah. Sydney, Sydney, our girl. Yeah. Anyways, let's go with Teddy. Teddy right. intro tonight. All right, let's do it. Here we go. That's right, episode 97, September 13th, 2019, Three Songs Podcast, Bob Nastanovich, Mike Hogan, you said you... Hey, Mike, you know, you know what? Yep. I was just thinking about it, the closest thing I'll ever have to a human son is, of course, Mr. Ghost. (laughs) Right. Mr. Ghost, who appears on the show frequently, and Teddy only appears on that, people need to know that, that's Mike's oldest child that's his son and i think it was recorded when he was like five maybe a little younger honestly like four like yeah. four you know so he does the vocals on that you know he's got a really cool sounding voice <laughs> it is pretty cool he, he like, was it, very it, tentative it with it he was very he was like he really, got way into it he's obviously got some like natural rhythm really to... really really curious about it really curious but like very tentative too how many takes did you do one just one and then I edited it. It's like it was one of those moments in life which are so beautiful. I, and any kind of recorded music on any level, or just like, okay, you did that. You did a great job. You don't have to do it again. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because because if he tried it again, it, it just wouldn't be the same. So I, then I dropped it on top of the track from Jack, and uh, away we go. 
I've been a, but I've been a part of like um, six moments like that, and all the songs I've been a part of recording music. And I'm not going to go name through. I'm, I'm not going to think about all six because I've only really been a part, an actual part of the significant part of the recording process of less than a hundred songs. And but the six that were just completely like, there's no way we'll do better than this. Are just like magic. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm it's sure. It's kind of a cool thing. It's just like, okay, well, there's no bottle like, that man. And I would, I would be the first to say it. I'd be like, hey, look, there's no way that we're going to top that on the <laughs> right. first playback. Mostly it was in Silver Shoes, but like. Yeah. But you know, bottle I mean, that. Like, I don't think I was wrong on the six. Yeah, you know, Walnut Falcons won. Walnut Falcons won. Like, we tried to do like performances of Walnut Falcon again, and they were all just so bad. You just went with the original. Yeah. No, and the original is like a minute and a half song that was recorded on a the tape recorder was on top of a really shitty television set in a basement apartment. And, you know, a $2, you know, thrift store thing that, and it was one of those rare moments in that band where the next day we listened to it. Usually it was like, you know, embarrassing to listen back because we thought we'd done something great and we hadn't. But Walnut Falcon was just like, it just, I don't know how that, I just, you know, it's one of those, like, we just achieved the goal. That's beautiful. I mean, it's, just, it's one of those things that happens, of yeah. the, the, you know. Right, but when it, it does, it's beautiful. But I'm thinking tonight. I'm thinking tonight. Tonight, there's definitely three people out there, 300 times, who are trying to make music in similar situations, doing similarly brilliant things, and and you know what? It's it's funny. It's just funny to me. Like yeah, you know, right. The whole thing's like really funny to me. Like because it's like. People, it's so easy to work magic, especially in this day and age. People might overcomplicate it. Like, yeah, you know, just like go ahead and set up your crap gear and put the tape recorder on and re- and record a two minute song, and maybe something great will happen. Go with your instinct, I say. And maybe like you know, like I mean, I'm not even going to talk about the other talented people in the room, but I I really didn't have any, and it was just like it was more like come on, you know, and and so I was just like you know. I mean, I'd say I have I have this in the advantageous position of being able to sit back and be like, no way, that's no way, no yeah. way it'll be better. So I would say kind of like the uh, catcher on the baseball team. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I'm going to start something. Y- you tipped your hand. You're going all over the map. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to hold the cards. I'm going to outer space. I'm going to Philadelphia, and I'm going to France. Okay, sounds good. I'm I'm going to hold the cards a little closer to my vest. I'm going to um. I'm going to do some soul. I'm going to start it with some soul. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this duo. I think brother and sister duo. Inez and Charlie Fox. This was a single recorded in 1968, released in 1969. I believe it was on uh, maybe the Dynamo label, uh, I think. Good old Dynamo. Dynamo Records. You can still buy this for like $5.00. The original version, seven inch on um, on Discogs, if you want. Um, Inez and Charlie I like the Fox. Way they always give out the like you know Discogs. Well, ought to throw us a bone. They, they they should. I mean, and I do that. <laughs> I do I mean, that like, not partly because I don't not want Discogs, but the, you know, it's all like people like. Right. I I, I just want no, it works. people to 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 realize that 
uh, we're not doing like serious crate digger stuff that you'd need to break open your 401k in order to afford the original version of. You know, in some cases, this stuff is easily <laughs> findable and easily playable. And I think, Bob, after you hear this, you might uh, shell out and, and buy this 7-inch the next time for when you DJ. Um, Instead of buying a mediocre pork tenderloin sandwich, <laughs> I should right. buy this on that's this right. dogs. That's right. It's okay. called. Okay, lights. I I I ain't going for that. Inez and Charlie Fox. Um, I'll say one thing: they're known for one song. Their big song, their big hit. They were the first ones to record "Mockingbird." You know, you know the song. This is the band that's going to save me from going to 206 to 207 on the scale because they should be for buying a crappy pork tenderloin. That's right. Spin it. Spin okay, it. here you go. What are I, they called again? Inez and Charlie Fox. The song is I Ain't Going For That. Here what you go. year? 1969, this single came out. Yeah. I love referencing the years. Yeah. I was on a crib, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was not alive yet. All right, here you go. Dig it. wanted to start things off with a little bit of a rave up i'm here okay yeah i'm fine but i was dancing yeah i was was shuffling around yeah because like i thought like when i first heard the first 20 seconds of that song that you know if i you said i should dj a song like that i would i would just kind of like uh hope that i 
I would whip a crowd to a frenzy. But I'm thinking, like, in a lot of ways, that's, like, often not possible well, unless you're... You know, I'm thinking like if if like if you were at like a um, racetrack and a band like that was playing on after the races on a stage, then people would just like. There's no way they could deny the it was, the energy is. I mean, that sounded amazing through the can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if nothing yeah. else, when uh, it's been a while since I've DJed like a live well, event. Well, make sure you bring that thing. Make but, sure you bring that right, thing. Right, but, but what I would do Let is I would... know what you're all about. You know, don't cheat them. Right, I would, I would do it as much for myself as I would for anybody else, and if I was well, enjoying it... That's what it's it, all about when you put the cans on. Right. So if, when you put the cans on, you DJ live. Yeah. If, if I was enjoying it, hopefully it would come through. I never understand why anybody would ever go to a DJ. Like, would you ever go to a guy playing guitar and start talking to him as he was playing a guitar solo? <laughs> Okay, so like if you're like DJing and you're wearing cans and like you're working two turntables, then leave the DJ alone, sit right. back and listen to the DJ. I never right. understand like right. it's the approachability aspect. That's why like the DJ booth needs to be like in every place that has like final DJs in the world. There needs to be like leave the DJ alone yeah. because you're not going up on stage and talking to like right. even if it looks like even if it looks like the friendliest guy in the world. Right. You're not talking to the bass player while he's playing bass. Right, they're working, they're working. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, you're working. You're actually yeah. working, and like you've got your cans on, and and like if you feel really confident about the records that you picked, then you're just like, just leave me alone, so like I can enjoy it, and you you hopefully can enjoy it as much as I do. It's like a self indulgent, totally. Um, Thing to do, but like you also like you picked your songs because you wanted to entertain the crowd and yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah, the um, yeah. So uh, Inez and Charlie Fox, brother. You should do a monthly DJ gig in Portland. I'm trying to hustle that. Okay, all right, all right. Brother and sister duo from from North Carolina. They're actually known. I mentioned it. They're known. They're big hit. They were the first ones to record Mockingbird. You know, mock. Yeah. 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 They 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 were the first ones to do that song. So I imagine it was kind of just like just another song in their set. I mean, like, Probably. can you imagine seeing that live? Yeah. Any premise? Yeah. No, like, I can't. I can't. Like, compared to seeing like a cover band or like a good yeah. cover band, right? Right. Like, yeah. I talked to a guy tonight. I talked to a guy tonight from Yankton, South Dakota, who's a medical doctor. He's obsessed with drumming at the okay. racetrack as I was yeah. charting races. Okay. okay. Really great guy. Guy named Pete. I think he's almost 70. And, like, he's got three drum kits, and he's obsessed with playing drums, and he loves playing drums. And he plays in a cover band that travels around South Dakota. Like, they have a little circuit in South Dakota and plays bars and weddings and public events, plays at Sturgis. And, like, <laughs> they do, like, you know, this guy, you know, and, and, like, just a great guy. Don't get me wrong. And all he, like I'm trying to chart races, and all he's he's just showing pictures of all three of his drum kits and like how well he <laughs> takes care of them and like all this kind of stuff. And the guy is like you know a full on drummer. And the first thing I said to him when I met him, like they said, oh, they said that you used, you know that you're a rock guy. And I said, yeah, I said I was in a rock band, you know, mostly in the '90s. It was a rock band in the '90s. 
And he said, they told me you're a drummer. Let's talk drums. And now I'm just like, I said, the first thing I said to him was like, I can't even play a kick drum, dude. Like, I'm more of like a percussionist at best, you know, like, and like, I mean, I had to figure out how to play and stuff, but I, was, I, I immediately went into like, you know, I was kind of like the road manager guy, the roadie guy that like joined the band, like, and. But he's the guy is so into drums, and he's like, so, like he drums every day. He's an incredibly fit guy, That's and like awesome. dr- drumming and biking are his things, you know. <laughs> Pete from Yankton, okay, <laughs> love it. And like, and it's just like you know, you go like that. He's so enthusiastic about drums. Even when he left, he texted his buddy Ray, who he's visiting, Ray Ray, Lo- Ray Lopez, who was Stuart Elliott's jockey agent when he <laughs> when he rode Smarty Jones. Wow. Okay, and like. He's our stakes coordinator, and like, and like, it's just these. You know, this guy's like so enthused about drums and drumming. He's sending pictures of all of his drum kits and how shiny he keeps them in his cases. And the, and like at the bottom, the bottom of all of it is like, show this to Bob. You know, show this to Bob. And I was like, I, I, I told him like he even told me about one particular Zildjian symbol that he damaged and. And I said, well, I mean, I've I've seen a few of those in my life, and I really could not tell the difference between that symbol crashing or any other symbol <laughs> crashing. Right. right. And like I said, I played like symbols where like if there was something damaged and it was actually worked on, then you'd snip like a triangle out of it. And like he immediately freaked out. And he said, no, you have to meticulously put in like two screws. And I was like, dude, like. You listen to your drums as you play them, <laughs> <laughs> and like that just blows my mind. Like that whole aspect of drumming, and Gary Young would tell you the same thing. Sure, sure. Or any other. Well, I mean, mostly. So like people that spend their li- lives like thinking about drumming, it's just like an interesting culture. Whether you're like Pete from Yankton, or probably like Neil Peart. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's just like, I mean, yeah. or like, like, who's your favorite rock and roll drummer of all time, just off the top of your head, other than George Hurley? Let's go George Hurley. George, George Hurley. I mean, I loved seeing George Hurley play when, while he's playing and playing some amazing, incredible uh, rhythm and complex thing, he's also moving his hair because the, he had that hair that was like... No, the hair. The hair was legendary it, for at least five or six years until so he shaved it. Right. It, it was It was like all shaved except for a one long bang that hung down below his chin. And he would, as he would, would play, he would get that going in a circular motion. So he's playing this yeah. rhythm and his head is is making his hair move like counterclockwise um amazing amazing i mean like shouldn't like pete from yankton like have seen george hurley right of course you know because like you know there's only one george hurley (laughs) right yeah it's like you know (laughs) they can make whoever the hell they want to make todd trainer ray washam um mac yeah uh, Mac, you know, I mean, not Britt Walford, right? But like, sure. you know, I mean, like, I mean, I've had the pleasure of like Sarah Lund, Janet Weiss, yeah. I and mean, I've had the pleasure of seeing so many, absolutely 
complete kick-ass rock and roll drummers that why the hell would even gary i mean gary young when he sure. was at his best it was just like this is like this this guy's like i i mean, obviously i'd never had a chance to see keith moon <laughs> right. this, is, this is close as it's ever gonna get right right what, you know, what the hell's going on here this guy like when he's on he's on so it's just like now I don't have to do a thing when he's on. So I don't know. It's just uh, <laughs> drumming is such an interesting game. It is. But George Hur- George Hurley was a rare treat. Oh yeah, and the people that are into drumming are really into drumming. It's like Britt Walford. I mean yeah. Britt Walford. I mean oh, yeah. that guy's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, I'm gonna go to, into Von Elmo. Von Elmo, love it. Okay, Von Elmo. Okay, New York from guy. Eighty-one. Yeah. And. Right. He was a, Frank Cavallo. Have you listened to him? Uh, a little bit. Wasn't he a New York guy? Am I? Am I? Yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. Okay, Brooklyn '81. But he like made this record in '81, and it was. And the th- interesting thing to me, I'm going to preface it for you, is I feel like it was um, as close as you'll ever get to like, particularly this song. That's why I chose this song for you, because the the material is very limited. I mean, there aren't yeah. that many songs. Like he went away, and then he came back, like you know, ten or fifteen years later, and he did a bunch of stuff in the '90s, and like he was kind of rediscovered. But like his first thing was like a freaky '81 thing, an album. Can't remember the name of the album off the top of my head. This song is from it. Yeah, it's um, it's Future Language, and you know yeah, he he used to be in a um, he used to be in a no wave band with Rudolph Gray. The yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah guitarist. He's, he's in with people like that. Red Transistor, yeah. Uh, okay, let's do well, it. Anyways, this is Crash Landing 88, and like the guy was obsessed with, with like his... The thing, thing he felt best about being American was our space program in the early 80s, and, and this or the late 70s, and, and this is dedicated to that. Okay.
his like um lunacy i mean he's frank avallo but like he's uh fawn elmo yeah and like uh, you know he's he seems to be very strange there i mean like it's the closest thing you'll ever hear to like a pure combination like a tv dinner form of like uh it's scientist rock it's it's like outsider devo yeah, Outsider Devo, exactly. Outsider Devo, but also sounds like Dead Kennedys in the Minutemen. 81. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, it's not and the sort of San thing. San Francisco thing. He didn't have a San Francisco connection. It's not the sort of thing that many other artists were doing in 81. But they were, you know, in a lot of ways, they were probably trying to. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I love the album itself. Like, the cover is amazing. And it's just so hyper and weird. <laughs> the, cover, <laughs> the cover is incredible. Uh, and he's just like a weird nerd. I mean, who knows? And he got he got arrested. I, mean, like, I, I found that out today. He got arrested. Did I you hear about that? Did not know that. I like in the last ten years, like really. I, I, I'll have to look it up. I'll have to look it up for you. But I read the story real briefly because I I was like. What have I, you know, because I always have to be conscious of that, like in our 97th episode of what have I not played? Because like Vaughn Elmo to me, like when I was a college radio DJ, I didn't discover him. Like other DJs were like playing him and stuff. They they stumbled upon him and like, yeah, because our radio station at UVA at the time was so good. And I was station manager for a year and the packages that would come in just be so rich. Like, yeah. Right and, and like I, I mean, I will admit that I robbed like an SSD coffee mug and like, you know, that kind of thing and like, but I, I normally my one year before I got quickly fired, you know, for creating a circus atmosphere, and uh, <laughs> which is <laughs> an, odd, an odd thing to do, you know. But, <laughs> but uh, wait, wait, wait! Were, were there animals involved? Circus animals involved? <laughs> Just the humans playing records. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, uh, which I thought was like when they taught me how to DJ. It was a be- one of the most beautiful moments I had as a college student. They said like the emphasis here is like 
not on the technicalities of being a DJ, but on the music you play. So, like, we have to teach you how to use the machines, how to use two turntables and, like, a, um, what do you call those, like, things that you stick, like, giant cassettes into a advertising rack, PSA thing. Oh, yeah, right. The, cart, um, cart carts. Or something yeah, like, the cart. Like, they called the them cart. Eight-track, the eight-track type thing. The, yeah, they're, they're like eight-tracks, but they called them carts. Carts, yeah, carts. Yeah. Like, play, you gotta learn how to stick this in and press play and, like, click the thing over. Like, the... It was just like when I learned how to hook up, how to how like uh, Jack Van Berg taught me how to to <laughs> basically how to do a racetrack as a track manager. Tra- I mean that I'd never driven a tractor. It's the same kind of thing, and like hooking up like you know harrows and. And it was a 20-minute tutorial because it was all about the music. Right, right. So it was like, you know, it's like... And then, like, yeah, I quickly got fired because then some guy came in and wanted it to be about, like, cueing things properly. Yeah, screw that. But, like, the radio station was such, like, amazing chaos back then. Like, most of us, we all started getting shows at 2 to 6 in the morning. Okay, so you can imagine what that was like. <laughs> and so we'd, we'd get there, we'd have, like, records to play, but then it would, like... Nobody would call anymore, and there's probably only like 20 people listening, even though even though it was like broadcast within like eight miles of Charlottesville, Virginia, or whatever. But like you'd realize nobody was listening, and like you know whatever it was like five or something, and you know a lot of a lot of us passed out on the floor, you know. <laughs> don't so, like, you wish, like, don't... somebody would like call us up and be like. Um, the album is just going like and like they said then you'd hop up and like throw us throw an album on you know don't you wish there were like videos or at least audio recordings of some of that stuff there wasn't just like one of us there was like 25 of us who did it (laughs) is that the that's the circus environment you're talking about yeah and there's like uh, it was great and there's like uh james mcnew he was one, but like it's like, uh, yep, we all had to start there. Yeah, David yeah. and Stephen, right? And like you'd invite your friends because maybe they'd keep you up. Like you'd be like, <laughs> I got to do a radio show. Like Malcolm's, like in his case, he would just always go in the other. St- but he played Von Elmo. Oh, he would play Von Elmo. Yeah, uh, I love it. That's fantastic. That is that is fantastic. Well, uh, I'm. I don't. I don't know if I have anything to f- quite follow that. Um, sure you do. Sure you do. Yeah. So maybe I'll take it down a notch, and I'll. I'll. I'll, I'll kind of. I'm gonna play something that sort of connects back to your Hoboken days, maybe. Um, okay. I know them well. Okay. Um, are you familiar with a guy named Dave Schram? Oh, absolutely. Okay. The Schrams. Dave Schram of the Schrams. That's right. Did yeah, you? It's one of my heroes. Did you? Records. Okay, good. This is this was yeah. my this was my secret. I, I I didn't want to tell you because I wanted to get the reaction when I when I actually How mentioned. How are they it. doing? Do you have any idea? I have no idea, but I do know this. 
The Shrams just put out a record. First studio. You wouldn't be the Shrams without Dave Shram. First, yeah, no, of course Dave Shram is in the Shrams. First, yeah, he's got to be like you know mid sixties, you know. First studio record since nineteen or since two thousand. So nineteen okay. years. Yeah, take a break. Nineteen year hiatus, and the Shrams are back with a new album on Bar None. It's amazing. It is really, Bar none. really Bar good. None. Yep, Bar None. You know, and of course, the Shram, you know the Shrams, and Dave Shram. Dave Shram, founding member of Yola Tango, uh, was on the first record, wrote and sang some songs, played on up through Fake Book, left after that, formed the Shrams, released Quit them. Well, they were ahead. He did. I mean, he, he was like, you know, he realized... Yeah, he realized Call that... Call it what you want. Call it what you want. Well, I think he realized that Yola Tango was Ira's band, and he wanted to front his own band, so he called it the yeah, Shrams. He called it the yeah. Shrams. It wasn't even like, oh, I'm just going to front my own band and we'll call it whatever. He was like, it's, let's be clear. I am not the side man in this band like he was in Yola Tango. This is the Shrams because I'm very Hoboken of him. Yeah. Very Hoboken of him. So, uh, you know, they, he did Walk to Delphi as his debut in 1990. released oh, a number. That's a great album. It is a great album. I mean, that's, that's another one. Album. That's another one you can find relatively cheaply. I should have. I can't believe I haven't played it. How did you, you beat me to the punch on this I one? I beat you to the punch on the Shrams because they just put out a new record. I mean, we could... Oh, yeah. You play something. Play one. Play it. Play it one off played old one and new one okay uh, i will start double bubble this double bubble i, I this. will s- three, he's a three minute form guy uh, i will start with the new one because i want to get your opinion and then and then you pick you pick an old one like to me they're like hoboken's answers to the windbreakers in a lot of ways even though they're totally different yeah no i mean amazing band um so this is this is um, their new I'm just record. Just reference. I apologize. That's okay. Their new record, I think, is quite good. Um, but it's uh, yeah. Anyway, listen, listen to it. I'll be curious what you think. Um, this is this is a song called "Spent." Do you um, new or are you gonna walk to Delphi? I'm gonna do new first, and then we'll talk, and then and then we'll go walk to Delphi. Um, oh, okay, well, you choose your weapon on Walk the Delphi. Okay, uh, this is this is called Spent. It's the new album is called Omnidirectional. I, I like it. It sets a mood. It's a song, it's, but it's it's pretty and it's. He doesn't care about being popular. No, no. Omnidirectional. Omnidirectional. Yeah. So, uh, curious what you think. Here, here you go. Spent the Shrams released <laughs> this year. Yeah. Curveball. Curveball. Size swung and a miss. Oh, no. 
So that's that's just a beautiful song that makes me happy. Makes me happy that the Shrams are back. Yeah, in a way. Um, that's like to me. It's like everything he does is Hoboken. Yeah. I wonder if he still lives there. I don't know. Because like all I could think about during that song, because that guy's very precious. Like 
I love that city. I love Hoboken. I had like a great three years of my life there. And like I've got to go back like on occasion. And it's different. Like it's way changed, way changed. After 9-11, it definitely changed. Yeah. And like the place that I rented for eight fifty a month on Twelfth and Washington, like a couple a couple of blocks from Maxwell's, is got to be like who knows? Like even like you know walking around there when I was charting races at Meadowlands in two thousand seven, it was already like way just so oddly different. So somebody like Dave Schramm is like a pure folk musician. Because that's the way I always thought about Hoboken, like, you know, people like Ira and Dave Schramm and Shelly, who, you know, was is a resident, Steve Shelley. And sure. it's like, these are like Hoboken folk artists. So, like, and that's what Maxwell's to me was all about, even though legendary bands would play there all the time. Like, um, to, and, I mean, Yellow Tango... I don't know if they still live in the same place on like like Eighth and Garden, like the, it's a it's a square mile. It's actually it was one of the fun things about living in Hoboken. It was is it's the most crowded square mile in the world. It's a square mile. Hoboken's a square mile. Interesting. I had no idea. And there's it's actually at the time when I lived there, it was more crowded than like Shanghai and Beijing. If there's forty two thousand people that live in a square mile there. Really, I, I and, and like nothing is higher at the time. Like nothing was like higher than like six stories, you know. So like in Maxwell, the whole town smelled like coffee because there was like a Maxwell House factory, and there there's of course there's Stevens Institute of Technology, and there's these like I mean, like Hoboken was so beautiful in the seventy seventies eighties nineties and like I. I don't know what it's like now. Right. Right. But anyways, but the, I, one one thing I want to tell you about the Shrams in particular is uh, a, one of the best Yola Tanko songs to me is, I believe, on Ride the Tiger. Mm-hmm. It's called The Way Some People Die. And I believe that um, it's Dave's song. It is Dave's song. And, uh, and it's on Walks to Delphi. So I have a special request. Yeah, I was just going to say. They, that you play, you play the way some people die by by the Shrams. Yeah, from nineteen ninety, from nineteen ninety. His his version of his own song. So it's kind of he's covering the, the Coyote Records. Coyote Records. I, I or yeah, I bar think so. none. Coyote oh, or bar none. One of those two for sure. Um, I just wish that Broker Sipper Little Brother could be as cool as Bar None or Coyote. Yeah, me too. That's our goal. Me too. Modest goals. One of these days. All right, here we go. Dave Schramm's version from the Schramm's, 1990, from Walk to Delphi, his version of The Way Some People Die, which, of course, was also on Yola Tango's first record, Ride the Tiger, as you mentioned. Here you go. For you, Bob. the 
That song's nearly, well, it's older than 30 years old now, I guess, but that recording is 30 years old now. It's just an amazing rock song. It is. I mean, and, and the Shrams, they're a band like... But I think you, like Green on Red. Yeah. I mean... Who, who were great, Dan Stewart, an Arizona band, a brilliant band. Right. Tidden White Rope. Right. I mean, like, Tidden White Rope, who, like, were a little bit of a different bit of mystery but definitely the same genre right and and you know i mean it's the, the it was rock and roll man it totally is and not that spotify is the arbiter of popularity but you know how many monthly listeners the shrams have on spotify i don't know eight 204 well thank god for that i appreciate the the 196 people that <laughs> count I mean, <laughs> but still <laughs> This still, I mean, it should be, there should be like two or three extra zeros on the end not of Not really, not really, not really. Yeah. You know, because some things in rock are, you know, just get skipped. But that's uh, not even do. the point. You know, that's not even the point. Like, this, you know, his lack of popularity um, is not the point. But, 
the fact he's like uh, he's come out with something new, and he just gave me a little bit of a nugget. But like, uh, just have, I I never met the guy. Me neither. Me I neither. saw him play. I saw him play in Charlottesville, and, and at the time, Ira uh, wouldn't sing into his mic. It was it was like uh, eighty five, eighty six, and he was he was not comfortable with his voice, and he wouldn't sing into his mic, and so you couldn't really hear him much. But he, of course, he could rock out. But, like yeah. he's so so comfortable, like ripping the guitar. And George has just always been like a force of steadiness in Yola Tango. I think we have you. Have you played Yola Tango? Um, you know, we played Yola Tango because there was a song that I played that you thought sounded like Yola Tango. So you actually played something off of Ride the Tiger. Um, but we haven't really like talked much about Yola Tango on the show. Yeah, because like I kind of well, I mean, like New Wave Hot Dogs is a great album. It is. It is. All that great early album. stuff is really good. Yeah. But like, and anyways, I appreciate you playing the Shrammer. Ah, love I the like Shrams. Call, I, like to, I like to call him the, I wonder if anybody else calls him the Shrammer. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, you brought the Shrammer tonight. I, and I'm going to shift gears big time. Do it. Because right now, right now, Friday night's over, right? Uh-huh. And I shift you back five years. Okay. It's Saturday night. It's Saturday night here in Des Moines. Saturday night in Portland. <laughs> no, not yet. Huh? Yeah. Soon. Maybe let's take it to Saturday night. Soon. It so might be Saturday night. Sense. It might be Saturday night where you are listening to this show because even though we're recording it on Friday night, maybe you're listening to it on Saturday night. Yeah, school E D Saturday night. Alright. Saturday night experience I had. 
It was Saturday night and I was feeling kind of funny. Gold around my neck, pockets full of money. Went to the corner, man, who did I see? But the super bad bitch is looking back at me. I said, if I wait and then you got a big butt. Bitch, turn around, she said, what's what? I said, my name is Cooley, baby, I'm with the shores. Before I knew it, up come my boys. Noisy as hell and drunk as shit. Say, yo, Schooly, school, what time is it? Looked a little closer and I knew it was a gag. What I thought was a girl was nothing but a fag. Oh man, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Eminem man is wild Saturday nights, man. You know I got something else to say, man. I got something to say, man, to everybody is like this. Everybody rapping, but they don't know how. Should've seen a boy rapping to the cow. He rapped so hard that the niggas saw smoke. He lifted up a shiver and they both took a toe. The cow got high and the boy got by. <laughs> don't come in my face and ask me why. Chiba Chiba, y'all. Yes, that Chiba Chiba making him feel like that. Chiba Chiba, y'all. Um, some call it Chiba, some call it weed. It's the killer, it's the filler, it's the thing that you need. So Chiba Chiba, y'all. Muffet sat on the suffering, smoking a chain and scratching an itch. Along came a spider and sat down beside her and said, Yo, what's up with that bitch? The ten down the road came Mary and a lamb, smoking a lacy in each and every hand. The poor little spider, he couldn't score any. They was two dollar bitches and he only had a pain. Cheaper, cheaper, y'all. Yeah. Cheaper, cheaper, y'all, y'all. Tell about Peter the Pimp Sucker MC trying to cop a lip Rode around town in a couple of cars Got gagged by the man trying to stick up a bar The judge said, boy, what was on your mind? Said, ask me, she was cocaine and some wine The judge said, boy, relax and have a beer We won't be doing shit for the next ten years Chiba Chiba, y'all, y'all Yeah, yeah, it's that Chiba 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 Chiba, y'all, y'all Some call it Shiba, some call it weed. It's a killer, it's a filler, it's a thing that you need. So cheap and cheaper, y'all, y'all. Yeah, yeah, you know. Me and my man, Cold Money, my man Eminem, we're just chillin'. <laughs> you know what I mean? My name happens to be Schooly D, if you didn't guess by now, you know. Only Schooly D don't make some crazy ass shit like this. <laughs> I get back. Take it away, Cool. Tells a story, doesn't it, Bob? <laughs> His Saturday nights are a lot more. <laughs> he talks to wild Saturday nights. Yeah, Saturday nights. That His Saturday nights, like that's a fun, s- fun song. You know, it's I mean, fun, but it's all just you know, the key to the song is a studio accident, which is a, which is a theme on the show tonight. Okay, from the standpoint, like. Pressed a button when he was recording. Jesse Weaver, Schooly D, uh-huh. he's still alive. He's still very much alive. He's only like six years older than me. He's like fifty-eight, and he's gone on to do other things. But like, he's the first gangster rap. 
Yeah. The first oh, I think Ice T gets credit for that. Okay. And Ice T is famous for saying, "No, Schoolie D is the first gangster rapper." Yeah. Yeah. It's Philly. Sure. That's like pure Philly. These are things that like, like, that's a definition of something that is not something that I've ever seen. Yeah. And yeah. You know, I've never smoked crack. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, I've never like, you know, had any of those experiences. Yeah. And, you know, I mean. So like Schooly D, like, so he just kind of like presented it to us in a very candid form, but he clicked a button. Instead of the bass and tr- bass and the snare sound like a bass and a snare, sound like to me like a cowbell and something else. Mm-hmm. So he just went with it. Then he had a scratch man. I can't remember that guy's name. A brilliant scratcher, which is a skill that's insane. Gangstar perfected it. That guy's the best. Right. <clears throat> but like, I mean, just crazy. Wild Saturday nights. That's a whole. different thing yeah you know i mean there's some lyrics that probably might not fly if it were recorded in 2019 oh definitely not there's no no pc about the first gangster rapper that's like 86 no pc about it though it's all that it's nasty (laughs) Yeah, but na- like nasty in a different way. <laughs> you know, it's not, I mean, nasty and like honest, it was like eight, like eighty-five truth. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like he's just telling the truth. I guess and very clearly singing about it. Well, and he's making a baby. I, I mean, the truth, the truth as it was in eighty-five. You know, which well, is his like, truth. Yeah, his truth. Right at the time, like, he's just like singing about his experiences. He's yeah. like. He's like something funny happened to me on this Saturday night, right? Some, yeah, you know, right. I mean, like it's different kinds of Saturday nights for a guy in Philly in '85, right? 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 I I'm... and they decided to record it. It's just like to me, it's like uh, again, like something I can't you know relate to, but like that's just me being like a you know a guy in Des Moines at '52 <laughs> sitting on a porch talking to you, you know. I hear you. Good song, though. Uh, I mean, like, it's amazing listen, like, and one of the, from a, just from an instrumental perspective, it's pretty fantastic from that standpoint. Like, there's no, no way that's not going to, like, whether you listen to the that, words or not, like, it's brilliant sounding. That that will get people moving. If you, if you play them the uh, Inez and Charlie Fox song on the DJ, and then you follow it with Schooly D., no, they, they, look, if they don't pay attention to that, they ain't worth a shit. Yeah, no one, no one's, no one's gonna stay in their seat. Uh, we getting out because they got no party in them. So, like, right. basically, like, if I was like DJ tonight at an Iowa Iowa State pregame party and I hit those two songs, people had no interest. Then it's, sleep well. It's, go get drunk tomorrow. Have some pork tenderloins and enjoy the football game. Exactly. It's it's them, not you. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it's one of those things, you know. <clears throat> All right, well, I'm going to change gears. I'm going to go back to the mid-90s. Oh, well, I mean, how can you not, really? Unless right, it's... I mean, I could keep going that route, you know? I mean, I played Treacherous 3. Uh, no, I know, we're I not could, complaining about your rap history. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, you know, you're definitely going to shift the gears. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to shift it up a little. I'm going to go to yeah. Ireland. I'm going to go to Ireland in the mid-90s. 
could go um, any further from Philly in the mid '80s. <laughs> that's so, yeah. true. That's true. And this is actually a band that was a, a uh, bandmate or a label mate, rather, of who you're playing next. So it's a little teaser. They were on Two Pure uh, in the mid '90s. They released three albums. Uh, and the song I'm going to play is from the third of the three albums they released. Uh, and I think they broke up right after they released this record. The band is Long Form Killy, a uh, Long Fin Killy, rather. Um, I, did I say Ireland? I think they're Scottish, actually. Big difference. There big is difference. there is a big difference. It's true. Um, and they're 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 interesting. They're very. They're, I think they're kind of a forgotten band. Um, I really, really liked them at the time, partly because they were really hard to pigeonhole. You know, some songs they would have would be very folk, and then other songs would be very kind of straight indie rock, and then and and then they would do this thing. What does that mean, straight indie rock? Uh like I don't know. I guess I mean like, like the trams song-based song-based stuff that you just knew was not going to be po- like hugely popular radio stuff you know um okay, yeah self-conscious music yeah i i don't know i guess but like and then and then they have songs like this which i think of in the same vein and, and in general this is how i think of the band this song kismet from their last album amelia in 1997 is how I Name think of it. Name the artist again. Name the artist again. Long, I'm, I'm long Thin Killy. Long um, Thin Killy. Long Thin K-I-L-L-Y. Long, L-O, three, three words. Long, L-O-N-G, Thin, F-I-N, yeah. and then Killy, K-I-L-L-I-E. Um, my deafness. Okay, no problem. Um, But this is sort of that angular, uh, like The X or Dog-Faced Hermans and bands like that. Like oh, okay. I could see them Scottish, 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 Scottish. So, so maybe they played with Dogface Termins, quite likely. Um, but uh, anyway, I'll play it. Then we can talk Kismet. The I like the way song. you talk like about Dogface Termins, like they're the Rolling Stones, but they should be. Um, <laughs> they should be. <laughs> I mean, for for you and me, they are, and for, for in, your, in your world, they are. Yeah, yeah. in my world, they are. The dog-faced Hermans. Longfin Kelly. Longfin Kelly. Yeah, right up there with them. Here you go. Kismet. Enjoy. Shut up. 
the kind of band I would imagine would be amazing live. Yeah, you know, you just sit there. It, accidentally. You just pay tribute to my best friend, John MacArthur, whose birthday is still in your time zone. He's English. Yeah. From Grimsby. Okay. And he would absolutely love that. Oh, I yeah. I guarantee he's never heard it. Kismet. He's heard a lot it's, of music. It's Kismet, man. That's the name of the song, and uh, that's what it is. Yeah, he would dig that. I'm going to like make sure that John hears that one. It's <laughs> like, that, that's right up John MacArthur's alley. You've never met John. I, I have all 60 British race courses with John. Took twenty that's twenty years to get all sixty British race courses together. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I'd be friends with John because if he likes that <laughs> and he's friends with you. Uh yeah. but that's his scene. Yeah. You just like I'll hear things like that like once every two or three years and I'll be like you know, I don't send him music files very often. Usually it's like you know, I'll see you soon, mate, you know, that kind of thing. And like let's do this and this and but like when it comes to music, and I'll stumble upon music, and he just gave me one. Yeah, and it's his birthday today. I think he must <laughs> he must be like 187 years old. He's got to be 187 today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In like human years, but he's not really human. Yeah, yeah. He's John MacArthur. Like, yeah, he's a bit of a legend. You know, to me, he's like one of my favorite people of all time. And I've had a you know a wonderful life in which I've met a lot of great people. John's one of my favorites, and and like rarely do I hear music. He's a huge fan of, like, just to reference him, he's a huge fan of, like, magazine. Okay. Yeah. And, and um, his favorite band of all time is, there's a lot of great bands. And I, I don't even know where to go. But, like, you know, obviously Joy Division. Yeah. Like, you know, but he, he would have seen him live when he was, like, 16. John, that's, you know. That's amazing. You know, that kind of thing. You know. Amazing. Yeah, the stories he told, and then one great thing about him too is like he discovered Thin White Rope because it's just because they play in Hall where he's teaching accountancy, and like, uh, and so he saw Thin White Rope twice play in Hall. For some reason, they played in the Adelphian Hall, and like, so like Thin White Rope worship, you know, I mean, very like, and then he had a goth era, like when he was young. You know, that kind of thing where you got, sure. got, like, the kind of thing we can't relate to. Like, no. Yeah. Like, I've DJed with him at least. We talked about DJing tonight. I've DJed with John, like, 10. Love Big Black. You know, love Slint. He just likes very angular, harsh, like, dark. Yeah. He'll, he'll like Long Fin Killy. I mean, they it's are like, that. Like, I, I don't think he knows it. So I've yeah. got like a present to give him. There you I, go. I gotta get, like, you asked me, like you said, Raincoats are playing November 10th in London. Hey, are you going to be there? They are, yeah. And like, I would love to see that because yeah. I saw them once and I went and I, I got to meet two or three of them briefly and they're the best of the best. And it's one of those things, you know, spe special, you know. But the last time I saw John, we went and saw the. I got off the plane, we went and saw the membranes. Wow! Like it, last and year, they're still kicking. Yeah, that. yeah. Oh, they're kicking it real hard, real hard. I saw them in a club, not in Margate and Ramsgate, that held like a hundred people, and it was just like Whitney was with me, and like it was just crazy. Wow! Yeah. Yeah, wow. it was loud. It was real loud. He likes it real loud. Well, well, 
Tell me if he knows the long fin Kelly because I'd be curious. No, oh, yeah, I don't think he does. I think I got They're... a birthday present for him. So, anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna end the show tonight uh, by playing a, a record from 2017 by Letitia Sadi. It was famous, of course, for being a Stereo Lab. Most famous for being a Stereo Lab, but she carries on. She's still brilliant. Sure. And uh, she put out an album in 2017 that I don't have in front of me right now. Finding and Me, Finding it's... You is the name of it. Yeah. And I picked a song and stuff that I don't have in front of me. We'll talk about Letitia after the song. Okay.
Reflectors is the name of that song. I like that. Yeah. Wait, there's your Sadi Source Ensemble. That's, that's, uh, it's very cool. And it's, we were talking about it before we started. Uh, you know, this is someone who was in a very successful band, indie rock band, Stereo Lab, and is still making music and is still releasing good, great, good stuff. Great music. Great stuff. But is and touring and touring and touring and is is maybe not getting as much attention as if she were releasing it under the name of her prior band and which is great in a lot of ways because like you can go see her and there'll be like right. hundred other people sure. there yeah it's and, uh, it's great for the fans it. you know you can see the brilliance yeah but you. And you won't see the hysteria you'll just see the brilliance so it's kind of like stripped down and pure and like maybe that's how they like it you know right i mean like if i, if I was a musician who wrote songs like she does and and choreographed songs or you know i mean i, I don't know how the hell she does it you know because she plays like that album i think there's a different musician on every song yeah that was a beautiful song and that's what she does. It's interesting what she does. And I haven't seen her in a long time. But I did have a, I've had a, a, a handful of special days with her. But the most special one was um, when I was in Pavement and we were touring with Stereo Lab. And an incredibly great band to tour with. Probably 25 or 30 nights. And I thought, like, at the time, I thought, like, at the very least, they're going to be good. You know, yeah. So, so, <laughs> which they were they very like, and they're really good. Yeah, and and they're a tough band to have play before you because then you've got to rise to the occasion and you know whatever. But right. that's all beside the point. So we're in Nancy in France, and and I took a walk with her. You know, it took a walk. She's like, let's take a walk, and like. Um, I mean, I knew her, you know, you know, quite. But I mean, she's a friend, you know, still sure. is. Sure. And she she said, "Do you have like a, a a loved one in your life?" And I said, "Yes, I do." And she said, "Well, I, I'm gonna we're in Nancy in France." And she said, "Well, I, I'm gonna get something special for you to give your loved one." And we walked like a mile and went to this like vendor on like a cobbled market road and bought like a bag of uh, candies that were like bergamot bergamot like um the the main spice in earl gray tea okay sure they're like uh, hard candies you suck on that taste like earl gray tea basically and like uh she's like you'll find out and a lot of it was like kind of mystical like kind of in a fun very lighthearted sense like You'll find out if your loved one actually loves you when she, when she tries these candies, because that was like the intrigue of this particular hard candy that you could only get a non-C in its purest form. Huh. And like to me, it was just like okay, it's like okay, so I bought the bag of candies, carried it around my bag for like two or three more weeks, and like you know, yeah, that kind of thing. And it, I mean, like I don't know if it worked or not, but it, it certainly didn't hurt. You know? <laughs> I mean, she's just like she's that kind of person. She's like you know, lovely person, yeah, and a brilliant musician. You know, just you know, 
and brilliant singer, brilliant performer, and just, you know, pleasure to be associated with such, such a cool, cool lady, you know. Yeah, I've, I've never met them, but I saw Stereolab play once, um, in 93, I believe it was, when they were on tour with Unrest. I don't know if you saw that tour or remember that tour, but it was yeah. I don't not particularly, but, uh, but I saw Unrest many yeah. times, but yeah, at least four. And um, instead of being Stereo Lab, like I'm not going to get too in depth about them because of Mary Hansen. Yeah, who was you know I love her, loved her so much, and uh, that that hurts my heart, you know. So, um, but anyways, yeah, it's a great show. Enjoyed it. You know, sorry we're going all over the map. It's okay. That's okay. That's Conversationally the, and musically. That's right. that's that's what we do here. And if you don't yeah. like it, then you're probably already <laughs> hit stop on the on the podcast yeah. anyway. So uh, anyone that's that's listening this far, I think they like being all over the map. So thank yeah. you, thank you for sticking around. Thank you, Bob. And it's a big night in all our lives. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We'll do this again sometime soon. I hope. Might as well be. Might as well be. Okay. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, everyone. All right. Talk to you soon. Next time. Yeah.